Well, my friends, let's uh, open up our Bibles to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6, please, for today's message. And our theme continues to be what I wish for you as we study Daniel, at least Daniel chapter 6. And this is part 5, message number 5 in this series. And as you're turning there... To Daniel 6, I want to tell you a little story. Maxie Dunman tells the story of an elderly man who began spending a significant amount of time with an elderly woman. Neither of the two had ever been married, and each had lived alone for many, many years, of course. Gradually, the old gentleman recognized a real attachment for her. He just felt very, very attached, very drawn to her. But, uh, but he was shy. He was shy and afraid to reveal his feelings to her. After many days of anxiety and fear, he finally mustered up the courage to go and see her and declare his intentions. So he went over to her lovely home, and in a, in a very nervous frenzy, he blurted out, let's get married, let's get married. Very surprised, the lady threw up her hands. She threw up her hands and shouted, that's a wonderful idea, but who in the world would have us? Oh, uh, you, you don't appreciate that story as much as I do, <laughs> all right? <laughs> well, Valentine's Day comes around once a year, right? Right? Amen. Well, my friends, as we continue our study of Daniel, I just want to remind us of how around 605 B.C., the armies from the nation of Babylon attacked Jerusalem, and they took away uh, most of the gifted people into what has been called the Babylonian captivity. I've taught about this in the past, but I've just given you a little summary here. In Daniel chapter 1, it tells us of how the king of Babylon wanted to have some of the Israelites serve in his palace. And so he got some of the very best of the Israelites to serve and work in his palace, and Daniel was one of them. As time progressed, Daniel gained the confidence of the king, and he was repeatedly placed in very high leadership roles. He was a very outstanding man, very competent, very capable. Well, time progressed, and now we come to Daniel 6, where it says... Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Verse 4. 
Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the lion's den? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. If only all of us would pray at least three times a day. Amen? Verse 14. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So alas, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, 
for he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. Then, the king, then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. Let's end our reading right there, my friends. Amen. As we consider Daniel's life and what we have just read, I want my friends to share the following truths with you. What I wish for you, number one today, is this. I wish for you a solid testimony. I wish for each one of us a solid testimony. This truth came to my mind as I read verse 16, which says, let's read it from the big screen on the overhead here in front of us. Read it together. So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. Notice, may your God, whom you serve so faithfully. And then look at verses 19 and 20. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? You and I can see, of course, that powerful statement, God, whom you serve so, how? Faithfully, that was Daniel's testimony. That was his testimony. He served God faithfully. In the Bible, in Acts chapters 6 and 7, it tells us of the beautiful testimony of Stephen. Acts 6, 5 says, Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, Acts 6, 8 tells us, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. Throughout a large part of the book of Acts, we learn of how Saul, we discover how Saul, who later was called Paul, persecuted Christians. Saul had some Christians put in jail and others were killed just because of their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Then in Acts 22, Paul tells us of how he was on the road to Damascus. And here is, here is what happened. One day, as he was on the road to Damascus, he tells us the story. He tells us his testimony, basically, in Acts chapter 22, beginning at verse 6. He says the following, As I was on the road... Approaching Damascus about noon, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me. Paul says, I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus the Nazarene. 
I am Jesus the Nazarene, the one you are persecuting. The people with me saw the light but didn't understand the voice speaking to me. I asked, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus and there you will be told everything you are to do. Paul says, I was blinded, I was blinded by the intense light and had to be led by hand to Damascus by my companions. A man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, deeply devoted to the law and well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. And that very moment I could see him. Verse 14, then he told me, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. By calling on the name of the Lord. And then the last verse in the book of Acts. Acts 28 verse 31 says, Paul was boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ and no one tried to stop him. No one tried to stop him. Paul, who had been Saul, had a testimony to share. In Romans 1.9, Paul says, God whom I serve with all my heart. God whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. My friends, many others, many others in the Bible, like Moses and Joshua and Caleb, and Naomi, and Ruth, and Esther, and Elizabeth, and Mary also served the Lord with all their heart. They had a what? They had a, a testimony. They had a testimony. And King Darius said of Daniel, God, whom you serve so faithfully. My friend, can you say, can someone say that of you and me? God, whom you serve, whom you serve so faithfully. Amen? Amen? Do you serve him faithfully? Do you serve him faithfully in the good times and in the tough times? Do you serve him faithfully when you are healthy and when you are sick? Do you serve God faithfully when you have money in the bank as well as when your bank, in, bank account is empty? Do you serve God faithfully when your children are, are a delight and when they are a problem? Do you serve God faithfully when your husband or wife is a pleasure and when he or she is a pain? Preach it now, says a husband. You better watch it, brother. Not from me, <laughs> from your wife. <laughs> Do you serve God faithfully when the weather outside is beautiful as well as when the weather outside is stormy? Amen. It was said of Daniel, God, whom you serve so faithfully, what can be said of you and me. 
Daniel. Daniel had a testimony. And I encourage you to also have a testimony. A testimony in which you too can say, I serve the Lord Jesus Christ with my whole heart, with all that I am, all that I ever hope to be. Amen and amen. Let's have a testimony. Too often people are interested in titles. Titles are good. Titles are good. But better still are the testimonies. Amen? Amen. It's wonderful that someone like Pastor Lisa has titles and testimony. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Well, my friends, I want to take you now to a second truth. A second wish that I have for you today. Secondly, I wish for you a heart of peace, P-E-A-C-E, regarding choices and decisions you make. The king made the decision to have a law such that people, people could only pray to the king. Let's just review verses 7 to 9. Let's read them together from the big screen. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. King Darius signed the law, as it it says. Notice, notice what verse 14 says. Um, read it out loud. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of his predicament. And notice what verse 18 also says. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. The New Living Translation says, Then the king returned to the palace and spent the night fasting. If you're reading the New International Version, it says, Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating. Now, if the king was spiritually fasting, it meant... He was, fervently, he was fervently denying himself with the hope that somehow his terrible decision would not result in Daniel's death. If he was simply not eating, it was because the king had lost his appetite over the unnecessary danger that he had put Daniel in. The latter part of verse 18 says the king couldn't sleep at all that night. The bottom line is, the king had no peace. He had no peace because of choices and decisions he made. My friends, 
I wish for you a heart of peace regarding choices and decisions that you and I make on a regular basis. I believe the Lord wants to give you and me peace. Psalm 29, verse 11 says this. Read it out loud with me. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Think of this. Is replaying in your mind past mistakes, past mistakes, going to bring you peace? No, it won't. No, it won't. Learn from the past. The Apostle Paul said, I focus. He said, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. That's Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Don't focus. Don't focus on past mistakes. Perhaps your past mistake was that of dropping out of school. Or it could be that you cheated on an exam. Perhaps you or a family member of yours were responsible for a bad car accident. Maybe you struggled. Maybe you struggled with an addiction which ended up causing a lot of hurt to your family and to yourself. But with God's help, with God's help, you finally got victory over that addiction. Do as the Apostle Paul says. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Amen? Amen? When you are making choices and decisions, ask yourself. Let's ask ourselves this question. If I do this, will I have peace? Will I have peace? If I lie or cheat someone, will I have peace? If I cheat on my income tax, will I have peace? If I spread some gossip and bad rumors about someone, will I have peace? I hope in each case you're saying no. <laughs> I hope in each case you're saying no. If I get sexually involved with someone outside of marriage, will I have peace? If I suggest to someone that they have an abortion, will I have peace? If you choose to have an abortion, will you have peace? No, you won't. No, you won't. You will live with guilt and regrets the rest of your life. Never have an abortion. I wish for you a heart of peace regarding choices and decisions you make. As you and I do all we can to make the best choices and the best decisions that we can make, I believe Jesus will help us to better experience the truth which he spoke of in John 14, 27. 
when he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Amen? Amen? Here's a third wish that comes to my mind as I think of Daniel here in the scripture passage that we read. I wish we will all learn that there is a price to be paid for doing wrong. In the life of Daniel, government officials became very jealous of Daniel's incredible abilities and the, and the promotions he received because of his outstanding work. Unfortunately, these other leaders became very jealous. And the result was the evil officials developed a plan by which ultimately they intended to kill Daniel. And the only reason why Daniel wasn't killed by the lions was because God, God miraculously, miraculously protected him. That was the only reason he survived the night in the lion's den. And after Daniel was safely removed from the lion's den, the king, the king finally realized that some of the people who worked for him, some of the other government officials, manipulated him to declare a law which was primarily intended to lead to Daniel's death. And so Daniel 6, verse 24 says, read it together in unison. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. Now, to tell you the truth, I hate reading that verse. I hate reading it because of what it says. I especially hate the part that, that says the evil officials' wives and children were also thrown into the lion's den. If King Darius had asked me, I would have said, King Darius, look, their wives and children had nothing to do with the men's terrible actions and their terrible intentions. Leave, leave the wives and leave the children alone. And I'm sure, I'm sure you too would have told King Darius the same thing, right? Yes, I'm sure we're in agreement on that. What happened, however, is a tragic lesson about how when one family member does wrong, other family members can also be terribly affected, even though they had nothing to do with it. For example, when a father or mother is arrested and put in jail for whatever the crime was, sadly, other family members will end up also suffering mentally, emotionally, and also financially. My friends, think about this. Radio listeners, internet listeners, think about this. If you are currently involved if you are involved in doing something wrong, whether it's morally, 
ethically, sexually, financially, or legally, please, please I say to you, stop sinning. Stop it. Repent of your sin and ask God to forgive you. Change your ways. Make restitution as needed. Ask the Lord to change your heart. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. A new life has begun. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation, as another translation puts it. My friends, this third truth is a toughie, but we have to face reality. I wish we will learn that there's a price to be paid for doing wrong. Let's learn from Daniel's experience here. Let me take you to a fourth truth, one that is much more encouraging. Fourth truth is this. I wish for you a heart of complete trust in the Lord. Read verse 23. This is where it comes from. Verse 23, read it with me. It says, The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Isn't that beautiful? He had trusted in his God. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Psalm 25, verse 3, No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. Psalm 84, 12, O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Proverbs 28, 25. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. Proverbs 29, 25. Trusting the Lord means safety. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Amen. And 2 Timothy 3.15, you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus. They have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. What's that telling us? That's telling us that when we trust in Jesus Christ as the, the one God Almighty who came to earth in the person of Jesus, when we trust in Jesus as the one who paid the price for our sins, who died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and yours and yours and yours up in the balcony, who died to pay the price for your sins, radio listeners, then because we are trusting in Christ, we experience salvation. We are saved from the consequences of our sins. We are forgiven, we're adopted into the family, and we receive the promise of heaven. Amen? 
Are you trusting in Jesus as your Savior and Lord today? Trust him. Trust him. We sing some beautiful hymns, simply trusting Jesus. Trust him, would you? There's a fifth truth I want to share with you, and it is this. I wish for you a heart of love, a heart of love. This truth came to my mind as I read and continue to read verses 19, 20, and 21. Now stick with me because at first, at first you're probably going to say, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see where you see love here, Pastor Nick. The word's not even mentioned. Read it, read it in unison, starting in verse 19. Here it is. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, long live the king. Daniel answered, long live the king. And some of you are thinking, Pastor Nick, I don't see the word love mentioned anywhere there. You know, there's no mention of the word Love, think about it. Daniel says he's taken out of the lion's den, out of the, the place where, where it was expected that he was going to be chewed up and ground up and eaten up. And, and Daniel, upon being taken out of that lion's den, Daniel could have said with much anger, he could have said, King, how dare how dare you put me through the terror of being in the lion's den with hungry lions? How dare you risk my life? How dare you make such a ridiculous law that could have cost my life? Now, you know, the, 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 the challenge sometimes when we read scripture is most of us, most of us have really never been, never seen some a lion's den, unless, of course, you've gone to the zoo and you saw a bunch of lions um, congregating. So, so it's hard for us to relate. Isn't that correct? It's hard for us to, to relate. But I, I said to myself, you know, this is, this, is a little bit like, this is a little bit like some law being made that results, that results in you being placed on, on the go train tracks, the go train tracks or, or the subway train tracks. And, and of course, of course, it's, it's normal for us to think and expect that once that train comes along or once that subway train comes along, that's it for you. You're dead. And that's pretty much what was normally expected when people were thrown into the den of lions, that the, den, the, the lions would, 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 would kill whoever it was. And, and, and so, when you, think of, when you think of a scene like, like a person being placed in front of the go train or, or the subway train, and you realize that death is inevitable, this is how it was for Daniel. And so Daniel could have, could have, could have come out screaming, angry, bitter, and Daniel 
Daniel could have said, O king, O king, may your enemies tear you apart limb from limb. I hope other nations attack you and tear you to bits and pieces just like, just like it was thought the lions would tear me to bits and pieces. Instead, instead, Daniel says, long live the king. Wow. What is that? What is that? I say to you, that must be coming from a heart of love. From a heart of love. I want to be honest with you. If I had been in Daniel's, in Daniel's situation, and if I had gone through that, I really don't think I would have come up saying, Long live the king. You know? I, I, I really do believe I have a heart of love. I, I really do believe I have a heart of love. I don't mean that boastfully. I do believe God has given me a heart of love. But what I read here about Daniel far surpasses, surpasses the love that I can honestly say that I have. There might be a few amongst us here that have the same kind of love that Daniel had. I don't know. But whoever we are, whoever we are, I want to invite us to say, dear God, However, however, and whatever you did in Daniel's heart to give him this kind of love, to have him come out of a lion's den and say, King, long live forever. Long live the king. Whatever kind of love filled his heart to enable him to speak those words. Lord, Fill my heart with that kind of love. Let it be so, Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the incredible truths that that come to our minds when we read and we study this part of your holy Bible that we call Daniel chapter 6. Oh God, as, as I reflect upon the incredible love that, that spills forth out of the mouth of this man, Daniel, as he speaks these words, long live the king, to some people, oh God, it may sound like he was being so ridiculous to even say those words. But Lord, ultimately, I believe it was because he had this incredible heart of love. Fill each of our hearts with your love, oh God. A love that's sometimes is indescribable, 
a love that is boundless, a love that is just so beautiful. Fill our hearts with your love. I think, Lord, of Reverend Wesley, who described holiness as perfect love. Give us that kind of love, Lord, whether we be a man, a woman, a teenager, or a child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.